Hello, Latin dance community. Welcome to another LDC podcast. My name is Roberto Ramirez, and today our guest is Jose Santa Maria. Jose has been teaching Latin dance for more than 10 years. He's taught both in the United States and around the world. As a matter of fact, Jose is in Japan teaching right now as we're recording this intro. We asked Jose, what does it take to become a paid international dance instructor? And this is what he told us. Let's take a listen. Um, thank you so much. I'm sitting uh, here with uh, Jose Santamaria. Jose is a, a dance instructor in uh, Santa Rosa, California, which is uh, you know, north of San Francisco in the Bay Area. And uh, well, you know, Jose, you have uh, uh, you've done this for how many years? You have a lot of wisdom to share with us. How long ago did you start dancing and, and teaching? Well, I've been teaching and having uh, an actual business with the academy since 2001. I started dancing salsa or Latin rhythms into in, two, in uh, 1999. Uh, before that, I was a hip hop dancer I've uh, been dancing all my life uh, did jazz and then I decided to do salsa after that I decided that I wanted to do performance and teach and immediately got involved in teaching in 2001 I decided to open my own academy and I called it JAS Dance Academy and now it's called JAS Latin Dance Academy mm -hmm. uh, so JAS because it's my name, Jose Alberto Santa Maria, mm -hmm. and because people know me as jazz as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because I, I always know you yes. as jazz. And so, well, I've been dancing for that long, and I've been I've been in this business for 15 years now. We just celebrated our 15th year anniversary. Now you're you're from you're from um, from El Salvador. I'm from El Salvador, San Salvador. Were, so were, were you dancing in, in El Salvador or no? I was dancing merengue. I was a kid. I was uh, I got to the states when I was uh, eleven years old. Oh wow! You came yeah. here young. Okay. Yes, and and then decided to go into teaching uh, salsa mainly, and continued on teaching you know salsa and. And, and other rhythms like cha-cha-cha and rumba, tango. And then bachata came into my life and I took that up and haven't stopped then since. So it's been eight years now and it's going strong. Um, my academy took a different turn. Now we got our own building uh, where we actually teach out of our own uh, dance studio, mm -hmm. which is the other step for anybody you know in this industry. Uh, you can teach at clubs, you can teach at, you know, classes, workshops here and there, but having your own place is kind of important once you become an academy. So that's why we decided to go that route. Now you're talking about establishing home base. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yes. And then from there, the, the next step is to start training others to compete or to teach for you. And obviously, um, Part of that is also going abroad and learning or teaching or, you know, sharing your passion with a different culture. So I was lucky that I started teaching for workshops. I'm sorry, I started teaching for festivals and congresses around mm -hmm. the U.S. 
and I, I, I was given the opportunity after being in the business for almost 10 years, I finally got a break and it was a little harder back then. Um, there was a lot of instructors too and a lot of big names. But then finally I got a break and I started teaching at local festivals and then I went out of state for festivals and next thing I know, out of all of those came the international, my first international contract and that was Egypt. Oh, yeah. And quite exotic from the get-go. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And actually that was so excited about it. We went, I had an amazing time and then out of there, I met a lot of European uh, promoters there. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to venture more into what, you know, the other side of the pond had, right? So in Europe, uh, Eastern Europe and, you know, United Kingdom. So I started to move around and then next thing I know, I started to get contracts for that. And so nowadays I go three to four times a year to Europe. Uh, Cairo, I go every year because it'll, it'll always be a you know where I where everything started for me internationally anyway. And now we're going to Asia next year. Uh, it's the first time for me in Asia, mm. and so we're doing a lot of different things. I'm learning different styles. That's one of the biggest things when I go abroad is, and I you know would tell that to anybody, any of my students or anybody trying to make it in this business. It would be to always, always take the opportunity to learn, even if it is the beginner class of any other dance that is related in some way, shape, or form to the Latin roots. Like wawanko, timba, plena, bomba. Get to know the roots because the name is commercialized, but behind that there is a history and there is a love and passion of the culture itself in, for which you came from. So what you're saying is that you know, if, if, um, if you go to a, a bachata festival and there's someone teaching bolero, go ahead and, 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 and take that workshop in order to get familiar with the roots, with the, uh, with the, with, with, with the beginnings of... Correct. Of, of what it's now, bachata. And actually, that's a very important thing, I think, mm -hmm. uh, as an instructor. I think that right. if you're an instructor of any dance, mm -hmm. you should know other dances, but specifically, you should know the roots of the dance that you are teaching. That makes you not only a better instructor, but it also makes you a more proficient instructor. Knowing, knowing your background, knowing or the background of the dance that you're teaching in this, in this instance for me is my background because I am Latino right, and right. it is something that I love and I want to share with everybody. But I also want to know what the history was. There's not just Latino genre, right? There's a lot of different things that come with it. But mm -hmm. there are things that were already being done. The steps, like for instance, the song, for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, as we're, salsa has the steps of the song. But then we added the Wawanko step into it. Then we added the Cumbia step. Then we added all these things that now what we know as salsa, it's a mixture of everything, which is why we call it salsa, right? Right. So it is important for us as an instructor, but also as enthusiasts of the Latino genres, to go back in our roots or to go back in the history and start to develop some knowledge of what we are doing now with this dance. There's some people that come to me and say, hey, you know, 
I like how you move your shoulders and you know, I'm too stiff, I can't do that. Well, salsa is not the shoulders. Wawanko has the shoulders. So you see the influence of Wawanko in there, right? Plena, bomba, cha-cha-cha has the little syncopation. I mean, there are little things that we do, like for instance, the triple step mambo. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. The triple yeah. step mambo, that's a cha-cha, right? That's where cha-cha came from. So mambo had already the triple step mambo that was actually developed and very uh, well done in Mexico City. So Mexico City had this beautiful thing that was the triple step mambo. Yeah. So it was kind of a quick thing. And with, now, uh, with Perez Prado. Correcto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay, right. Yeah. yeah, Perez Prado had that. And then, you know, the dancers were doing that. In, yeah, in, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so we had people like Enrique Jardine. I can't pronounce his name really well. Uh, <laughs> but he saw what they were doing in the dance floor. And he started, he was a musician himself. And he wanted to know what that was. He called it the triple step mambo, but he didn't really know what it was, right? But it did look like there was a triple step that the people were doing on the dance floor, right? So what happened was he brought that to Cuba and then he started to develop what we now know as cha-cha-cha. And this was in the 50s. So he, obviously there were other um, influences and then it became a little slower with a very defined movement, which is the cha-cha-cha. All the, all the history that we have is very limited. Very, very limited. I only know some of the stuff. I wish there was more out there. And there are some articles, but they all kind of contradict themselves a little bit. Because they take yes. bits and yeah, pieces yeah, yeah. from different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they never really say the same thing they're kind of starting to say the same thing and then they take a different detour yeah right yeah yeah yeah, yes i've noticed that yeah it's almost like a myth because you got to remember that all our genres back prior to like funia for instance right so we're talking early 60s 50s 40s 20s and much earlier all of those musicians we're coming together for the pure, unadulterated fun. It was about camaraderie. It was about let's jam together, let's make something. It wasn't, oh, let's make money off of this. <laughs> it was never like that. It was about the heart. It was about our shortcomings. It was about the oppression. Right, right. That we were living in those days. So similar and to the blues in the United States. Basically, right? Right? exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay. yeah. And so out of that came this beautiful genre that just kept evolving and evolving and evolving. And Cuba, more than anything, has that. And the Caribbean, um, you know, they were behind our times, basically. And so the oppression there was huge. And all of, or most of our Latino, um, countries had had some kind of oppression at one point or another um going back to uh you know being a dancer and and dancing internationally what advice would you give to uh, uh young instructors uh, dancer performers who are trying to 
to get that break, like you like you mentioned in the beginning, to to you know get their names known, to get out there and and travel, and you know that's one of the dreams of um, of every uh, uh, instructor, you know, particularly young ones, right? It's like, man, I wish I could, you know, go to Europe and 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 get paid to to teach and dance internationally and and travel a little bit. I mean, is there anything that that, that you could say as a word of advice? I guess it's a combination of several things. Love what you do. I think that's very important. Okay. Love what you do and show everybody that you love what you do. Um, the best dancer on the dance floor has a smile on his face or her face. That is a contagious um, phenomenon. You see that and you automatically want to look at them. They may not be the best dancers on the dance floor technically, but they're having fun. You have to love what you do and then work hard. And here's the thing. There's a lot of good dancers out there. However, the ones that are going to make it to the next level are those that are working hard. There's a lot of talent that goes unseen, undiscovered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because they don't have the drive or the willingness. You have to work extra hard when you're given something. Don't take that for granted. If you have the talent, exploit it. Make it your own. Make it better than the other one. Because there's a lot of people with talent. There really are. But it's only a few of them that will make that talent go to the next level. When you say work extra hard, do you mean also try to sell yourself, try to push yourself? Uh, uh, you know, don't feel, don't be afraid to give out your business card. Uh, uh, like, you know, maybe do a little bit of uh, cold, call, uh, cold calling or... Put what? yourself out there. Yes. Put, so basically well, to put, putting put, put, yourself out there means, right. means um, competing. It means uh, putting on shows. Mm -hmm. It means uh, being humble, not saying I'm too good for that club or I'm right. too good to teach for that uh -huh. uh, school or I'm too good to go to this. No, putting yourself out there, it doesn't matter where you get discovered because you don't know. It could be a little hole in the wall and somebody important can be there. Right. So, yeah. okay, yeah. Exposing yourself to every possible avenue it's it's something that will pay off no matter what if you start to think you're too good for something that's going to show right you want to respect everybody and you never want to burn bridges you don't want to pick side aside you want to always stay neutral you never want to be Oh, I only work with this promoter or I only work with this group or I only dance with this group or I only dance in this area or none of that stuff matters when it comes to a community. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't want to be in clicks. You want to be able to expand yourself. You want to stay true to what you do, but you also want to dabble into the different genres maybe or into the different communities, whether it is um, in the same uh, salsa scene, bachata scene, 
or maybe in the West Coast swing scene, or maybe in the tango scene, or maybe in the ballroom scene. You want to keep your mind open because there are things you can learn from every one of these, right? All the all the genres are, or all the dances in the different genres can give you something that you can learn from. Don't limit yourself. Don't start picking sides. Don't start thinking, no, I only dance Dominican or I only dance Urbana or I only mm -hmm. dance sensual. Mm -hmm. Then you're limiting yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not open to other ideas and developing things. You get up and you say, wow, I want to create a new move today. Wow, I want to work out so that I can create another award-winning uh, choreography. Or I want to become partners with X person. Those are the things that you want to do every day if you want to become something more than what you are now. And even to maintain sometimes, you have to work hard because there's somebody right next to you working just as hard or harder than you and maybe not as talented as you. And then you look at it and then you're like, okay, you know what? I, I got to up my game. Mm -hmm. So competition is good. I think competition could be healthy, you know, because it pushes each other to, to be better. Now, there are a lot of competitors out there. They're friends, but they're competitors. That's how they push themselves or each other. And that's what you want to do with your career in any career that you do. Going back to putting yourself out there, you know, I know that, of course, you know, you need to have a Facebook, you need to have a website, you know, business cards is something that I learned that you have, you have to have, you cannot go outside without a business card. Correct. You know, but when it, when it comes to like marketing and advertising, is there anything, is there anything else that you can think of that is vital in order to make it, not, not to make it, but, but to, to succeed and, and come ahead? You know what? Something that I know is the biggest marketing tool that you have at your disposal that is free is YouTube. YouTube. Okay. And, and now Facebook is probably just as powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I specifically say YouTube because it's a video. People love to watch videos. Mm -hmm. They do. It's a visual thing. We want to learn things. And what best way to do it than something we can control. We can control the speed, how many times we see it, all that stuff. And then we see reviews on it. Right. And have your friends start reviewing you. Start with that. Start a thread and see how far you can pull that thread. And then eventually, you know what? Do it yourself or pay someone to do it. So if you're starting in this industry, know that there's a lot of people with a lot of talent. So what's going to make you become either better or recognized? Work hard at whatever you're going to do to get there. And put the and that's actually something that I learned over the years too is put a goal. Set goals. Okay. Yeah. Put a goal uh -huh. in front of you. Okay. Okay. And say, this is my goal. And then put another goal in front of you. And then another one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? And then also set a time limit in which you want to accomplish this set goals that is something that we 
we know for a fact it works. There are people who learn, and see, that's the thing too. There's people who learn fast, people who learn faster, and people who take a long time. A little time. longer, yeah. So steady wins the race. So you see, there's always somebody out there that has the same goals as you. But if you're the type of person that wants to work hard and steady, nothing's going to stand in your way. Set your goals. Be all that you can be. That's what the military says, right? That's what the army says. Well, basically use your full potential. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. And sometimes you have to break it down in order to build it back up. So if you're a dancer and you want to get recognized because you want to start traveling and teaching what you love, then learn your ABCs, build yourself at home, have a reputation at home, don't burn bridges, mm -hmm. always be humble, always know there's somebody better than you. Therefore, you need to work harder. That's what staying humble is about. It's not like Oh, I'm just a nice guy, just a nice girl. It's about what I want out of life. I want a community. I want to be famous. I want to do what I love. Work at it. Set those goals and find the best path to get there. Doesn't have to be the fastest one. And if you want the fastest one, then find out which one is the fastest one. But that might cost you money. Right? If you have the money, nah, it might, you might be able to hire the best instructors to give you the best technique and have them at your beck and call so you can learn more patterns or more technique and then develop a better um, base for your career. You want to get recognized, you pay somebody who does media. Or you learn how to do media. That's going to take you longer because you have to do the research yourself. So all of those things are paths that you can take, right? And then some are shorter than others, but it requires certain sacrifices, whether it's money or time. So, yeah, anybody can be an international known instructor. They have talent. Great. They have to work hard still. Hopefully our listeners learn a few things from this conversation. Uh, Jose, I want to thank you so much for, for this interview. Thank you for and having well, me. And thank you for all the good information and uh, uh, reminding us that we have to work hard and be consistent. Yes. Jose, like you? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. This podcast was brought to you by LDC, a Latin dance community, your source for Latin dance articles, interviews, and events around the world. Find out more at www.latindancecommunity.com.